Good morning, Nava family. I'm continually honored and blessed to just be with the people following Jesus with all of our heart. I love thinking about all of us gathered in home churches across the city just to be the church and to worship Jesus. We know with the COVID-19 crisis uh, that restrictions are beginning to loosen um, and we're just trusting for God's way and grace to lead us and guide us uh, in the journey ahead. Um, as we proceed through these days and all that they mean, I want to just invite us to do it with honor for one another, to do it with great love and the fruit of the Spirit coming out of our lives. Uh, these are going to be days that unfold slowly, and we know we have a long journey ahead. But at the same time, I believe this is the greatest time to be alive. Not that any of us want a crisis or want a trial, but these are the times down through the ages that the church has thrived, that the church has arisen and even shined. And you could even say these are the times through history the church has rejoiced. I believe this is a time for the church to be alive in Jesus. A time where we realize that we have a kingdom that can't be shaken and a king who is sovereign. We want to be aware of not pressing eject to get ourselves out of the tension, but instead we want to meet Jesus in the middle of this place. I want us to just think about this line. Crisis offers us the gift of consecration if we will choose it. Crisis offers us the gift of consecration if we will choose it. There's something to be found in the middle of this place where all that we are is set apart for Jesus. The trial of fire is the refining of our faith, which leads to his praise and a mature bride. As we are tested in this place, God wants to do something which brings forth our maturity as the bride of Christ. This is the goal of our lives given to him. I've been carrying a word for almost two years, actually a little over two years. Some of you may have heard me share it before. The sense in the city was that he would shake everything that could be shaken. And we know that the, the blessing of things shaken is we find out what our lives are built on. We were together two years ago with some of the city leaders, and as we were praying, a word came from the heart of God that has stayed with me, stuck to me. I've shared it time and time again. Maybe you've heard it. Jesus said these simple words, I want my church back. I want my church back. That word has met us in a deep way, Nava. Over the last years, but specifically this last year, we found out that the new wineskin isn't a form of the church, but it is a family fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit. That word, I want my church back, meant to us that we would follow the cloud, that we would follow him anywhere and any time, and we would give all that we are to the Lord. 
I want to let you know that the surrender that got us to this moment is the same surrender, giving him back everything that will keep us in this moment. And I want to say, well done. We are a people who have surrendered to Jesus, our bridegroom. And I want to say in this crisis, this word is even intensified. I want my church back. Not just Nava, obviously, or the Church of Kansas City, but but his ache and longing for the bride of Jesus everywhere. You can feel his jealousy. That word uh, we summarized in a statement called prepare the way. We launched that series in January. I wanna encourage you, I spoke a message in January, one in February and one in March, those three messages and prepare the way. I would encourage you to go back and listen to those, engage your heart. But that prepare the way word was more than just a series. It was the sense that he wanted to revive his bride, the church, so he could awaken the city. And that he would have to prepare a way in us in order to prepare a way through us. And I wanna kind of take us back into that. In fact, over the next few months, and specifically even in these next three weeks leading up to May 31st and Pentecost, we wanna prepare ourselves for Jesus. Jesus wants his church back. You could even say that God's zeal is stirred for his bride, that God is jealous to have his bride back. And God's jealousy is a jealousy always and only for our best. He has pure love that we would give him everything that we are so we could have all that he is. He wants the attention of the bride. He wants the affection of the bride. He wants sincere and pure devotion and our total cooperation. You can see that the Father wants to present to his own son, Jesus, a bride for him. It says it's a bride of splendor without spot or wrinkle, holy and blameless. This bride the Father has zeal for is Jesus's joy and Jesus's reward. That's you and that's me. I love the Apostle Paul carries this word. If you can imagine that God would share his own love, his own zeal and jealousy with a person, Paul, loving the Corinthian church, uses these words in 2 Corinthians 11 too. He said, I am jealous for you. And in, in the English Standard Version, he says, I feel godly jealous for you because jealousy for you. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so I may present you pure to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunnings, your mind may somehow be led astray from sincere and pure devotion to Jesus. Can you imagine that Paul got to carry the actual jealousy of God for the church? Friends, as I'm praying in this time, as the core team is praying, we keep hearing this over and over, and I'm feeling the jealousy of Jesus to have his bride back, to have our hearts and our lives and our devotion. I can feel his ache and his passion to have our attention, our affection, our pure devotion. We're praying for that in this time. Jesus is actually jealous and it is right and good 
that he is. In fact, he is the only one who can be trusted to ask for all of our heart. And he's the only one that can be trusted to remove only from your life and my life, which damages us. He will leave everything which is our best and remove only which is not our best. He alone can be trusted to be a jealous king because he suffered and he died for us to be with him as his bride. Jesus is jealous. Paul is feeling this word. I want to say this again, that the testing of this fire through this time of COVID and much bigger refines our faith in order to release praise to him and mature the bride. This line has captured my heart that crisis offers the great gift of consecration if we will choose it. In other words, we're not looking to return to normal. We are looking with all of our heart to take up God's invitation to return to him. This is our heart. This is the deep longing of God. I want to look at a story 3,000 years ago where God laid out the path of consecration. And with the path of consecration, he gave a promise of revival and restoration. This is an encounter that God had with Solomon, King Solomon, who taking his father's promise, the dream of King David, started to walk in this promise. And for 20 years, he labored and built the temple. And when he built it, it says the cloud of God's glory and the fire of God's presence came. The priests couldn't even enter. The people hit their faces and they began to sing face down in the dirt. He is good and his love endures forever. He is good and his love endures forever. Oh, what a scene when the glory of God comes to the temple. All that sacrifice, all that waiting, and God responds. Well, it was in the quiet of the night, the next night, that it says God came and spoke to King Solomon. I'm gonna read this passage in a moment, but what God speaks in this holy encounter is this incredible history-altering covenant that has been waiting for the people of God down through the ages. Will they respond? And whenever they have responded to the path of consecration as the bride, we see God moving in a powerful way with restoration and revival. I want us to listen to three big words as I read the passage. The words are when, if, and then. When trouble comes, not if it comes, because it always does. Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but don't worry, I've overcome the world. When is that first word. If. If my people turn to me, not when they turn to me. This isn't automatic. This is our choice to consecrate ourselves. And lastly, then. Then is the guaranteed word of God's faithfulness to restore and to revive. I want to read this passage, 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name 
humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. What a stunning invitation. What an incredible promise of God. Will we, the bride, consecrate ourselves to the bridegroom? Will we embrace his jealousy and receive the gift of crisis to give ourselves to God fully? What a fantastic word from God. When there is drought or disaster or disease, God says, if my people who are called by my name, what does it mean to be called by the name of God? His name is Yahweh. I am. He is the covenant-keeping God. It means that we are fully his, his treasured possession, his holy nation, his kingdom of priests. It means that all that we are and now belongs to him and all that he is belongs to us. To be called by his name is to take up his family identity. We are the beloved sons and daughters of the Father. We are called by his name. If those people called by his name will do three things, and these are the messages we're gonna unfold over the next weeks. Humble themselves, what is humility? Pray and seek my face, what is hungering for God with all your heart? And turn from their wicked ways, what does it mean to pursue holiness with all of our being? We find out that when these three things come together in history at any point, whether it was 70 years ago in the Hebrides Islands when a two old ladies and a few men in a barn turned to God and he moved in revival, or those humble believers at the turn of the 20th century at Azusa Street and God moved in power by the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Club in 1730s with John Wesley where they gave themselves to God and the first great awakening came. Whenever these three things come together, God moves. When the bride consecrates, he begins to restore and revive and renew. The Father is looking for this. You could say there's never been one more gracious and patient with our place, but there has also never been one more tenacious and jealous towards anything that damages us or distracts us or diminishes our love. That word humility, to, to move from self out of self-reliance into full reliance upon God. It's the bride saying, I need you. It's what maturity looks like to be fully dependent on God. And these days in the middle of the tension, don't get out of it. Embrace the I need you prayer for, with God. This second thing is pray and seek my face to prioritize his presence. Not just I need you, but Jesus, you are my reward. I want you with all my being. If you're finding yourself sort of bored with that word prayer or, or not fascinated with the word of God or the bridegroom, I just want to say there is more. There is an opportunity right now for the bride of Jesus to have her heart fascinated with him again, to pray and seek my face, to hunger for God, and he promises to satisfy that longing. Let's be with Jesus. And he is jealous for us to turn from everything that distracts us and damages us. Can I invite you right now into the jealousy of God? He's coming after everything which diminishes love. He's going to the deep places. Repentance is a joyful word and it means a turning home back to God. 
You see, humility and hunger and holiness, they were the place we were created for in the garden before there was sin. They are our true home. I want to say this again. In the middle of crisis, there is a gift called consecration for anyone who will choose it. Let's embrace what God is doing in this time, Nava. Family, I can feel him drawing near. I can see him working. He was asking for it long before COVID, but in the middle of this, let's not go back to wanting security outside of Jesus or trying to control our lives or some form of familiarity. We are returning to God, not returning to normal. This is our time to be the church and the world's waiting to see a bride who is fully in love. In a moment, we're going into prayerful response in our home churches. We are going to go deep together in our homes with one another. We're gonna to respond to this place of consecration. It's an invitation. So go into prayer together saying, how can I return to God with my affection in humility? Is there any place I need to repent so I can be consecrated with my attention and my affection back to Jesus? Would you close with me in prayer wherever you are right now? Let's join together. Jesus, you are our treasure and our bridegroom. We are your church, your bride. You are jealous for us. Consecrate us in this time. Remove anything that's hindering our heart from yours that we can return to you with all that we are. We humble ourselves. We turn to you and we seek your face. Let your son be glorified across this city. I love you, Nava. Go together into this place and respond to the Lord. Amen.